Sports Machine with Slim. WKXL Radio. This is New Hampshire's Next Generation Sports Talk radio show. I often think to myself, why are we next generation? I've said it before, what gives me the right to claim this? One, it's because there's not too many sports talk radio shows out of New Hampshire. I will fully uh, up front admit that. There's one or two. But they pale in comparison to the excellence that we exhibit here on a day-to-day basis. The Sports Talk radio show callers that we have among our guests from day-to-day across the week, they're uh, fantastic. They're cut above your typical Sports Talk radio callers. We'll say that. That's number one reason why we're next generation. But number two is, well... We're trying to do some different things here. We're looking at radio in a different fashion. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we're trying to do here to build up the listener base and the advertiser base in a combined strategy. We're going to talk a lot of Bruins today. I will say this. What a game yesterday. I was glued to my television. I had to pick up my daughter from uh, school bus in the, in the middle there, but... Uh, Wow. We're going to talk Bruins. It was awesome. Yesterday's game was, for my money, one of the best regular season games I've ever seen. Uh, Just exciting-wise, on the edge of your seat. But I was standing up, so imagine that. Um, After the show today, part of the uh, next generation stuff, I've talked to you before, we do a little bit of of gambling talk on the radio here. I told you yesterday how I had 100 on uh, Damian Lillard at 12-1 to to win the All-Star Game MVP Sunday night pocketed 1200 bucks for that, of which $1,000 of it I'm going to give away here on the radio. Just going to be uh, a consensus vote. If you want to be involved in that consensus, probably the best thing to do would be to call the show, 603-224-1450, 603-224-1450. That's how you can make your voice heard as to uh, suggestions as to how we should divvy up and spend some of that money, I've got some ideas I'm formulating. I mentioned one yesterday, building up a, a stash to uh, or a stack as we head towards the Belmont States Stakes at Saratoga this June. Going to be huge. After the show today, I've got a meeting, guess what, with um, New Hampshire State Senator Lou D'Alessandro. He was on the airwaves with us a couple of weeks ago, and towards the end of the show, I had asked him, Hey, do you think there's any state money available for advertisements to help people that have gambling problems, serious addictions? That's that's a reality of what's happening in the world. Um, Gambling is is huge. I'm a a big fan of it. I love it. But I remember back to my younger days, I was out of control, losing more money than I had, really. And I know the gambling institutions, like, they don't want that. They don't want people to to have huge problems because in the end, it's only going to you know, hurt the industry. They want people to have fun and uh, you know, bet what you can afford to lose. At the end of that interview with, with State Senator Lou, I said, hey, do you think there's any money from the government that could be put into running advertisements, maybe even on the airwaves of a radio station like ours? He said, yes, I do. And so I said, okay, I'm going to follow up with you. Well, today I'm having a follow-up meeting. So right after the show today, I'm cruising over to the State House, going to talk with uh, State Senator Lou. Seems like a great guy. Just exchange some ideas. See what we can do just to make sure you can be proactive in government instead of reactive. Let's not wait until 
there's a huge mountain fall or whatever the right uh, <laughs> right expression would be, waterfall of problems, bankruptcies, etc., that can be you know associated back to gambling problems. Let's try and get out in front of it so people that are maybe you know destined for that life don't end up having to go in that direction. They can get some help. That's what I'm all about is just making sure there's resources available for people out there that do have problems. So we're going to talk about that. Later today with Senator Liu, I will do it and I will reveal the content of our conversations the next day on the air. I'll make sure it's okay with him. Let's talk about the Bruins, people. Four to three is the final score. I guess it was three to three at the end of regulation. So there was a lot that went on after regulation ended. Let me just tell you that. But the scoreboard officially reads four to three at the end of the game. The Bruins get two points. And in my notebook, I got Swayman in capital letters, S-W-A-Y-M-A-N, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. So let me back it up a little bit. You know the end result. The Bruins win. The puck dropped to start the game yesterday, one and change. We're playing Dallas, one of the best teams out west. Bruins go up early. Jesper Boquist? Scores the goal. Bruins are up one to nothing in the first period. Fast forward towards later in the game. Guess what? We're down three to two. We're at home. The last game of a seven-game homestand where the Bruins had been what one and five? Yeah. They were one and five on the homestand prior to yesterday's game. They get out. It's a you know struggling point in the season for them. They get out early. Yes. Boquist gets a goal. The second goal the Bruins scored actually was scored by a dude who was playing his very first game in the NHL, 26 years old. Did you see this Justin Brazo? 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 <laughs> he hits his, uh, his first goal in his very first game. Dude's 26 years old. He, um, I guess Oscar Steen got um, put on waivers, so he was sent packing, and this dude was brought up from Providence to replace him. This guy's been banging around them minor leagues of hockey for like five to six years at Providence this year in 49 games he had 18 goals 37 points so what's that 19 assists 18 goals 19 assists in 49 games in Providence Justin Brazo he comes up plays his very first game yesterday because the Bruins needed to make a change I mean that was the title of my show was it Friday or was it Monday the Bruins need to, no, it wasn't yesterday, Thursday, Friday, last week. Bruins need to make a change. And I advocated the trade. But hey, uh, if we ain't there yet, you don't got to rush into a trade. But you got to do something. And lo and behold, they did something. And guess what? You win. You win the game. And the guy that you bring up to play his very first game in the NHL at 26 years old not only helps you, he scores a goal. So it's almost like he directly helped you win or made you win on my advice. Should I take the credit for this? Yeah, I probably should. But nobody's going to hear me, I suppose, in the Bruins organization. Although I will tell you, I do, uh, I'm writing down in my notebook right now an update. I've been messaging people in the Bruins and Celtics camps to say, hey, I want interviews, please, to come on the sports machine With Slim, I'm going to talk to you about the updates of what I've done here in the third segment today. Back to the Bruins. We're down 3-2. Minute 45 left in the game. The Bruins pull the goaltender. So Swayman comes out. We got six on five skating. Boy, Charlie McAvoy. 
I, I, I kind of was hard on this guy at the end of last year. I thought in the playoffs he stunk, honestly. And at the beginning of the season, I was almost like, yeah, we should look to trade him. No, Charlie McAvoy's really, really good. My untrained hockey eye was seriously uh, <laughs> lacking in what I've seen. And yesterday, boy, he's coming down. He controls on the ice, keeps it in their zone, can, finds an angle, starts to go towards the net. Boom, cross ice pass to Pasta. Pasternak one time buries it right into the net. Oh man, that was so sweet. We tie it up at three to three. The motion in the building is huge. The Bruins are one and five on this homestand. We're playing one of the best teams from the West. We were up one nothing. Then we're down three to two in the middle. We got a dude playing his very first game for the Bruins who scores a goal. So it's like, hey, there's so many good things that should be happening. Let's just break out of this rut we're in. Come on. And then you're down three to two. And then it's like, yes, yes. 3-3 three three on an amazing pass by McAvoy. A great shot by Pasternak. There we go. There we go. Minute 50, 45 left, whatever. Goes through regulation. Boom, we're going into overtime. I think we got lucky on a couple plays. I think Swayman made two, like, literally millimeter-type saves. One off his pad, one, I think, off his, like, his uniform that just made a save. The guy, uh, one guy on the other team, actually, on, on Dallas, had nailed the post. This was all in overtime, so there was all this action there in the three-on-three time, but no goals are scored. We're going into the shootout, and if you've been paying attention here over the last few weeks, our shootouts kind of stink, the Bruins' effort, whether it's Pasternak with this slow dragging, it's it's like, here, just take the puck. I don't even want it sometimes. Like, how is this dude one of the best players in hockey? I know I don't know what I'm doing, but some of his, his shootout stuff is terrible, and guess what? Yesterday in the shootout, Dallas scores. They're up one nothing. Charlie Coyle, uh, sorry, he he missed first. Then it comes out with Pasternak. The two of them both miss. We're down one nothing. Brad Marchand ties it up. One to one in the shootout. Swayman makes another save. We're going on from there. We're going on to a commercial right now with the sports machine with Slim. I'm gonna leave you hanging on the edge of your seat when we come back. I will explain to you what happened in the remainder of the exciting shootout yesterday in Boston Bruins victory. WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. really was a storybook type of game. Snapshot of a funk as the Bruins head out now for six of seven games on the road. They're in Edmonton on Wednesday. Thursday, they're at Calgary, I believe it is. And then Saturday, Vancouver? I had that written down somewhere. Whatever it is, it's a big road trip now for the Bruins because... The home stand that we just come off of was kind of terrible. Two wins out of seven games, not good. But let's think on a positive note here as we head out of town on the heels of this incredibly exciting, energetic victory, really. To rewind the shootout as I went to break there, let me just read to you so I can be accurate for you people. The shootout summary. Charlie Coyle goes first for us, misses. 
They go up one nothing. Jason Robertson goal back in. Pasternak, what an awful, again, awful. And he's like under 25%. I, I, I would be, um, I think, correct in saying you might want to find a new coach to coach David Pasternak on his shootout strategy because it's kind of pathetic. I mean, I'm trying to build people up here, but just skate faster, dude. We're down one nothing. Brad Marchand's turn comes up, and guess what? He skated faster. As I'm yelling at my TV, he at least came down. He's kind of flying. Boom, makes a shot from, I don't know, maybe five yards away, eight yards away. Gets through. One to one. At least he showed some speed and some energy. Thank goodness. Swayman makes another save. We're moving forward to the eliminations. BP Sierra. Jake DeBrusque, miss. Swayman makes a save on the other end. Van Van Riemsdyk, miss. Swayman makes a save on the other side. Kevin Shankirk, miss. (laughs) Swayman makes another save. Trent Frederick, miss. Jesper Boakvist, Boakvist, missed. That's now the ninth round of shootouts we're going to. Charlie McAvoy, it's his time. He steps up, scores. Same, similar to how Brad Marchand scored, as, as I remember. Oh, no, he flipped it backhand, I'm sorry, and went up. That was a great move by Charlie McAvoy. So you made the great pass to tie the game up at the end of the third period, and then he gets his one chance here in the shootout, buries it. Craig Smith used to play for the Bruins. He's up for Dallas. He gets the last shot to try and tie things back up. Makes his move. Jeremy Swayman flails a little bit. Stops the puck, but it's still moving around. It's buried, like, right next to the goalpost, almost on its way in, but just sits there. Kind of hits on the line. Doesn't go across. He kicks it out. Swayman kicks it out of there. Starts to celebrate. Immediately, he's running over to the guys. They all get, you know, on top of him, just kind of big embraces. And the energy that comes about from Swayman and Linus Elmark embracing at the end. Awesome. That place must have just been such pandemonium. I can see and listen to the crowd here as I replay it on ESPN, see the video. Awesome, awesome win for the Bruins. Just now we got to go take care of business. Yesterday we played the clip. Jim Montgomery, the coach of the Bruins, had said, hey, sky's not falling. I see things are coming together. Are we making some mistakes? Yeah, but we're working. 5% difference, and we could have won the last three games. The guy just stayed calm in a time where things could start to fall apart. Before the All-Star break, the Bruins were the best team from a point standpoint in the entire league. Then they come out, they're 1-5 after the All-Star break. People start to wonder, are they falling apart? Last year we had the best regular season record of all time. Lost in the first round, so people are just... I've said this a billion times on here, Boston sports fans were just like... We're so, I think, fake tough is how I would call it, unfortunately. I don't think it has to be this way, but just fat and lazy. They've, they've done so much winning. The fans here expect to win. They don't know how to cheer like a hungry fan base anymore. They almost expect us to lose. That's, that's the biggest thing is you're expecting to lose so you can complain. I've got a few friends that follow the Celtics, and that's what the – once we lose a big game, they're like, oh, they're confident. Then the, we lose a big – oh, I knew it. I knew it. This team doesn't have it. Tatum's not this. It's like, you're just expecting failure now. Why? Because we've had a little taste of it over the last five years, and Tom Brady's gone. So now you don't have your binky, Boston-area sports fans. 
This goes for New Hampshire area sports fans, too. I, I mean, <laughs> we are part of that group, are we not? <laughs> New England. New England. We need to turn the page and get tough again. And the Bruins team, they're trying to show us how to do it. Yesterday, that win was a turn the page. Forget about the past. Forget about any other things you've heard. We got a new coach in town here with Jim Montgomery. Yeah, last year, great regular season. This is a guy who's going to take this team places. And I don't know what's going to happen on the road trip as far as a trade. My suspicion is we might be making a trade during these next seven games. My suspicion is the Bruins going to land somebody, probably some enforcer type that's going to play on the defensive side of things for us. I hope they do it. I know last year we gave up some assets to make some trades during the season here and you know, trying to assemble a stacked lineup. And people are like, well, you know, did they get burned last year, lost some assets because they didn't go anywhere? Maybe they're not going to want to do that again this year. This is a whole different year, people. Bruins, they know they got a chance. We have a chance with this team to go all the way. So I expect Cam Neely, Don Sweeney, whoever's up there in the Boston Bruins leadership group to look at this situation in and of itself. We got a team that can do it. Find a way. Find some assets. Get a big defenseman who can skate a little bit and can lay the lumber to people if need be. That's what we're going to need. We were outshot yesterday. I think it was like, I don't even remember, 40 to 30? Something like that. The Bruins are giving up too many shots. I know we talked about this a month ago here. One of our Sports Talk callers, McBFQ, said the Bruins, the teams that are getting um, this many shots on net each game, like the other six of them on the bottom seven, all six of them were atrocious records. But the Bruins were up, up near the top because we've had great goaltending. Well, we can see now. You, you, you have to make a change or two, but, man, we got the fabric of, of, I just think, unity at the core of this team. So let's make it happen. I'm a big fan of, of following good stories, whether it's in sports, whether it's in life. Just nice to hear about good things, isn't it? Today we're going to talk about college basketball in segment number four. I want to give an update on a couple teams. I think every day I'm going to give one overview of a, uh, of a team, one team, so that we can start to build up a little bit of a knowledge base. I've got some, some callers I'm reaching out to as well who follow college basketball a ton and can come on and just give us some, some teams to look for as they play in their conference tournaments. It's not far away, people. Only a couple weeks. I mean, it's almost springtime, everybody. I looked at the weather report in New Hampshire here. It's going to be cold for the next few days, like three, four. It might rain. One of these days coming up, and maybe a little bit of snow. I didn't, it didn't seem to be too much. It seemed more rain. But next week, it's like 50 a bunch of days for the high. Are we done with winter? It's gonna, I mean, next week, we're talking it's going to be like March 4th, 5th. When I looked at the weather report, we're going to have no snow next week. Now, who knows? Maybe that changes something in the heavens above right now, just me saying it out loud. Maybe all of a sudden we get some huge snowstorm. I don't know, but imagine if that's it for winter. I mean, I know this El Nino thing people talk about was coming into effect, whatever, for this year. And that's supposed to make us have a lighter winter up here in the Northeast. But my goodness. I mean, in Brentwood, I got one snowstorm about maybe seven or eight inches, but that was over the course of a day. And then another snowstorm, maybe six inches. The rest have all been three or four, and there's only been like three or four of them. That's it for winter? 
It didn't even get that cold. I mean, it's been a little bit cold here off and on over the last couple of weeks. But we didn't get down to like zero degrees or nothing. That almost always happens every winter. And I always like that, getting down cold like that because it kills the bugs. Come out in the winter, in the summer. I don't like those greenhead flies at Hampton Beach. or uh, <laughs> they, I mean, they still come around anyway. I, those little gnat things. You don't like those. They come around, I forget what those, midges? They're around for like one to two weeks at Hampton Beach. It's so annoying when those things are there. Then they all die off each year. Maybe, maybe they'll be back in full throttle. Like, you know, there'll be more of them this year because we've had warmer weather. The ticks. Don't like those things either. Speaking of ticks, it's like uh, I look down at my notebook. I see the Boston Red Sox signed Liam Hendricks. And the Boston Red Sox at this point are almost like a tick on the uh, – Underpants of society for, for New England sports fans. They're just the Red Sox. It's so crazy that their ownership, their rich, crazy rich ownership, is like outwardly saying to its fans, hey, yeah, we're not going to spend any money. <laughs> you guys are all cool with that, right? Like how can, as a sports talk radio show host, how can I, in good conscience, talk about the Bruins? I mean, the, the Bruins and the Celtics. And then turn over to the Red Sox, who, like, aren't really even going to try. Or are they? Maybe we got some baseball players I don't know anything about. We'll talk about that as it gets closer to the start of Major League Baseball season. For today, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing with prospecting. Boston Celtics and Boston Bruins people to get on the radio with us here for interviews. WKXL Radio is 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. Keep it right there, nhtalkradio.com. that forecast right there. I don't know this Rod Tanner individual, but I do know that I just finished up last segment talking about the weather and how it hasn't been so cold. And then this Rod Tanner guy just over the top of me says the high tonight is going to be 10 degrees. So there's, there's the cold weather I was looking for. See, if you speak it into existence, it can happen. There's something to this, people. But on top of that, I will say, for the most part, the remainder of my forecast that I revealed to you people uh, seemed to be pretty much in full effect. It's going to be a little cold, I guess, for the remainder of the week, but Rain on Friday, we're not talking snow, rain over the weekend, what did they say, 40 and mostly sunny, and next week it was 50, weather.com is where I'm getting my info from, wow, I can't believe it if that's the end of this winter, that's the easiest winter I've ever experienced in my life, if in fact it doesn't come back as we head into mid-March, here's where we're going people, I have a list, and I've told people I've, I'm going to make a couple of lists, one list is for how we're going to spend the $1,000. That, what to do with $1,000. I have a blank page, although I know I have one idea I need to write down. And this other page, top 10 list. Who can we interview on the Sports Machine with Slim? I've got 10 spots. Nine of them are filled. I tried to pull from a variety of areas, not just sports top talk uh, Topics, really. I threw a couple other ones in there. But um, 
With no further ado, here's the list. Number one, Caitlin Clark. <laughs> I want to get Caitlin Clark on the airwaves. Can we do it, people? If you listening out there know Caitlin Clark or know a friend, or know a friend of a friend who knows Caitlin Clark, can you reach out to the show? 603 224 1450. 603 224 1450. There's a sports hotline here, like the Batcave number. Caitlin Clark is my number one target. Number two, Larry Bird. <laughs> I'm writing it down. I message, I'm messaging on Twitter. I'm messaging on Facebook. I'm writing handwritten letters. I'm trying to guess emails. I'm full throttle prospecting. And this is what I've done for years, 20 years in sales as a recruiter. I know how to get in touch with people. And I'm making my list, and I'm calling my shot. I'm going to try and get these people on the airwaves. Caitlin Clark, number one. Larry Bird, number two. Number three, Bill Walton. Big Red, is that his nickname? I love Bill Walton. He, I think he does a great job calling the, what does he call the Pac-10, Pac-12? He's like, the Conference of Champions. The guy's got great hair, great outfits, great personality. I'd love to have Bill Walton on the sports machine with Slim. I reached out to him on Facebook yesterday. So as I'm doing my prospecting activities, I'm writing down uh, you know, what activities I did and what date. So yesterday, I reached out to Bill Walton on Facebook. Jim Montgomery, coach of the Boston Bruins. I got a phone number here. I called yesterday, tried to get into an extension directory, see if I could find, somehow track him down. It didn't lead me there. Unfortunately, his name was not in the name directory at the Boston Garden. But that's not going to stop me. I'll find somebody. And uh, what I'll do is, and this is an old trick of the recruiting uh, world. I was I was not planning to do this, but... I uh, have learned a trick or two about how you get, I, oh, hey, so, so I dial in to another extension, right? Say it's in the Boston Garden, I dial in another extension, and I'm just dialing extension until someone picks up. Oh, hi, yes, uh, sorry, I just got disconnected. I'm trying to reach Jim Montgomery's line. <laughs> I was just talking to Jim Montgomery. I got disconnected. <laughs> and, oh, okay, hold on. Maybe they'll transfer me over, something like this. Do tricky techniques. Just find a way to get in there. And I will do it. I will peel back the onion. I will do everything I possibly can. But on a more professional manner, <laughs> I am going to write a letter to 100 Legends Way in Boston, Massachusetts, 02114. And I am emailing customer service at tdgarden.com. They, in fact, have already responded to me with another general email to follow up with. So I'm going to try and reach out. I'm, I, I just want to have Jim Montgomery on the air because that's a dude I want to talk to. I believe in him. And if I talk to him once, he'll give me another interview during the playoffs. That's what I will commit to you people. He's number four on the list. Number five, blank space. Do you have somebody you want me to try to interview? 603-224-1450. That's the number. Let me know who. While you're at it, you could give me a suggestion on how we're going to spend some of that $1,000. Kendrick Perkins is number six on the Who Can We Interview top ten list here at the Sports Machine with Slim. I sent an email through his store. He has shop carryon.com that's his big thing is carry on keep coming carry on shop carryon.com they sell hoodies but they're all sold out some t-shirts i was thinking maybe i could buy some of those t-shirts and give them away on the show with a portion of the thousand dollars that might make some sense right that'd be cool i love kendrick perkins loved him on the celtics tough dude and He's a great commentator. He is so fun to listen to about the Celtics and just general NBA opinions. He's my favorite guy for NBA talk. I love him. So I sent an email last week 
to shopcarryon.com. And then yesterday I sent a Facebook message to Kendrick Perkins. I know those are just general things, probably not going to lead anywhere, but I'll, I'll keep digging from there. Number seven, guess what? You're going to love this. I ain't big, people. Wick Grossbeck. Why? Because Wick was on WEEI doing an interview last week. So, and I know he's a big Celtics fan. And if he listens to the show as we're talking about Celtics, he's going to be a fan of the, the sports machine with Slim. We just need him to hear the show one time. So I emailed at uh, fanrelations at Celtics.com. I got an address. I sent, a, I sent him a LinkedIn request, too, I think, with Wick. I did that yesterday. So I got a bunch of irons in the fire. Wick Grossbeck, I really want you on the air. Please, sir, if you're listening. Number eight, this is going to be different. Kirk Cameron. <laughs> he of uh, Growing Pains fame, <laughs> which was a TV show that ran on ABC back from 1985 to 1992. And uh, I did like that show. I didn't think it was the greatest, but it was pretty good. He was like the oldest brother in the family, and it was funny. But he's gone on now to really be a proponent of um, like an, uh, an outspoken individual about uh, just getting good, appropriate early learning materials in front of our children with positive stories, good things about families and stuff like that. He's uh, really outspoken about saying that, you know, a lot of the crap that our kids are reading is just not necessary and it's exposing them to stuff that they shouldn't be seeing so early. I'm a fan of that viewpoint. I agree. So I'd like Kirk Cameron to be on the airwaves as a heads up. He does own a company. um, Well, uh, he's involved with a company called Brave Books. That's their, uh, the book line. I've already gotten an email back from them. The, uh, the head, apparently, president of Brave Books, wants to come on the airways and do a show. So it's not Kirk Cameron, but for Brave Books, the owner wants to come on. That's a pretty good. That's a, I'll have to ask him to have Kirk come on the show. Then I can get one of my top ten crossed off the list. I'm going to try and get all ten of these. Number nine, Riley Gaines. Do you know who she is? If not, um, go and look her up. Riley Gaines. Incredible women's swimmer in college. I believe it was for University of Kentucky. Incredible women's swimmer. And uh, she's fighting a fight out there with some of the things I'm on board with, honestly. And then number 10 is open right now as well, but I put in a main red claws guy. (laughs) Is it still the red claws for the, the main basketball team, or is it just the main Celtics nowadays, the G League team? I should be able to get somebody from the main Celtics on the air. Who could it be? I don't know. Anybody. Want to hear about what's going on up there? I'd like to hear about how the guy we drafted there um, out of Arkansas. I'd like to hear him, uh, his progress. I know he's playing or he has been on the Celts again now. So there we go. That's the top 10 list. You know what I'm trying to do. We're trying to get interview content here. That's my next step in the evolution of the sports machine with Slim. You've heard my voice a ton. You've heard our callers who are excellent. Our shows are always better. When we get the callers, whether it's my brother Dave, whether it's the Pistol, B-Cal, McBFQ, who we haven't heard from in a long time, but um, excellent sports caller, all of these guys. I've been doing it for 30 years, sports talk calling. And my biggest complaint was that these guys like Michael Felger, number one, they don't let you talk. You come on the radio and you say like 20 things and he's like, oh no, this guy might be better than me. I got to shoo him right off. I don't want to. It's like, dude, we listened to you for four hours. Why can't you hear this? let us hear this other dude? He was pretty good. Or he was really bad. I'm cool with, with the really bad callers too. If you think you'd be really bad, I invite you to call 
1450. I will do my best not to make fun of you unless I you know, deem it appropriate. <laughs> and if that's going to help me get ratings, I will make fun of you. But I'll be glad to have you on again and give you another try. We're all about, uh, you know, open and honest co- competition and conversation here. I'll give you some instructions, some advice. You work on your craft, come back in and uh, give it again, give it a go again. But you got to try it first. 603-224-1450. We do have an open line on WKXL Radio, the Sports Machine with Slim. This is 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. NHTalkRadio.com is the place to be. Sox news from yesterday where they signed Liam Hendricks I saw that on ESPN and he, he's a good player when he's not injured he led the American League in saves in 2021 with 38 saves so nice to add an arm like that to the bullpen the only problem is he's coming off a of Tommy John surgery he blew out his arm last year I think it said something like a 15 month rehab or whatever it is expectation so he might be able to play at the end of this summer, but like the article is like, well, but the big payoff will be the year after. And it's just like, wait a minute, it was ten million, I think, for two years. Like, wait, wait a minute, this is the Boston Red Sox. We're signing guys for like the year after when we're not spending any money for this year. What what is going? Like, I don't know. That's just like disrespectful to that organization. We 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 supported the Boston Red Sox around here for like eighty something years when they didn't win anything. And now you're looking at it as a money grab? I'm sorry, I got a problem with that. You know, I, I, I notice I didn't want to interview anybody from the Red Sox on my top ten list. That's that's not cool, dude. Over 80 years, we we watched, we went to games, all this stuff. Now we've had some success, and you don't want to spend any money. Like that's fine if it's all about the money on your end. That's fine, but I don't need to be involved with it. So I'll spend my time talking about college basketball, dude. Last night, Houston was ranked what? I think number three in the country. They took down Iowa State. Iowa State, I think, was ranked sixth in the country, which is kind of nuts because last year, going into the NCAA tournament, Iowa State was my team. They had won the Big 12 tournament. Oh, no, actually, I think Kansas beat them in the final. I think that's what happened, and I loved them. Going into the field to 64 or 68, whatever the heck you want to call it. I loved Iowa State, and then I watched them get destroyed in the first round because they didn't have an, an individual score. And, you know, last night they're playing Houston. For those of you that don't follow a bunch of college basketball here, I will say Houston for the last couple of years has just been in the top five all the time, constant. And last year, plenty of people thought they might win. In fact, they were the favorite to win it last year for a while during the regular season because their defense is awesome, but their offense is not. Last night, they do beat Houston beats Iowa State 73 to 65. Some I don't want to say that's low scoring, but it's certainly not high scoring. And uh, what I've resolved to do here is every day talk a little bit about college basketball. I just think it's a good idea because it's more interesting than talking about signing free agents and 
baseball who aren't even going to play this year. So tonight, the favor I will do for all of you is I will stay up and watch at 8.30 on FS1, UConn visits Creighton. UConn's the number one team in the country. Creighton's ranked number 15. UConn's your defending national champion from last year. They're number one right now, and they seem to be steamrolling. I'll do some comparative notes about you know who they've lost since last year. That Jordan Hawkins guy, that nasty three-point shooter, he's gone. I forget, is he on Charlotte now? I forget what team he's on in the NBA. It might be New Orleans, actually. That dude last year was so sick. So I have a hard time believing UConn is going to go back-to-back. I just they, they lost their best player in my, my world. He was their best and most effective. Just you, When you have that as an option, a dude who can sprint from one side of the court to the other, full-out sprint, catch the ball, come to a stop, and immediately pop a three and it goes in, like that skill set, you can't replicate that. Nobody can do that. And when you lose that guy, it makes a difference. And uh, from what I had seen, he's been experiencing some success in the pros too. That dude is stud. Um, so I'm going to watch that game tonight and report back to everybody tomorrow what I think of the number one seed. Hey, are they going all the way? What do I think about their chances compared against Tennessee, who I love? Kentucky, I like a lot. And Arizona is a big unknown. Um, their toughness is my question. That Dallow guy, the big dude in the middle that they got, he's tough. I know that. But the rest of their guys, got a bunch of, of foreign country folks on that, that team, and I just don't know if, you know, I mean, let's just face it. Some of the European basketball players aren't that tough. Luka Doncic, I'm looking at you. <laughs> but Nikola Jokic, uh, okay, you are that tough. So I don't know enough about the guys that are on Arizona to comment either way. All I do know is they got talent, and they beat Arizona State the other night. I think it was 105-60. to 60. And when you can beat your in-state rival by 45 points, that tells you the team is good. Because the in-state rivals always get up to play each other. How about, speaking of getting up to play each other, Ohio State and Purdue played on Sunday. I did watch some of this game. I, wa- I watched a bunch of it. Because at the time, Purdue was the number two seed. And for people that don't know or don't remember, last year, Purdue, a lot of people thought was going to win it all. They were a number one seed in the tournament. And they lost in the first round to a number 16 seed, Farley Dickinson. Remember that? That little team that was pressing and all over the court chasing them. So they, uh, Farley Dickinson upset Purdue last year. 16 seed knocks out the one seed, 63 to 58. So Purdue could only score 58 points against that type of defense. That's worrisome, right? Well, this year, though, they've got their, I mean, their backcourt, has a year experience more. They're playing great. Purdue, number two seed. So they're on my end, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Remember that year Virginia lost in the first round and then they came back the very next year and won it all? Like that could happen again with Purdue easily, no? I mean, it's already happened once before. It's great motivation. People are talking about like putting you down almost all the time. Well, I watched that game on Sunday in Ohio State, which is, had just fired their coach. Chris something or other, I think his name is. They had just fired their coach a couple days earlier. And then, boom, Ohio State with the new coach comes out inspired. And they knock off Purdue on Sunday, 73-69. to Yeah, Ohio State was definitely all jacked up in that game. Maybe Purdue wasn't. Who knows? So, Purdue, stub your toe. Not the biggest deal. I'm not saying they can't win it all, but they just looked a little slow to me. 
as I watch. I just think against a good, fast, athletic team with some size, you need somebody to slow down Zach Eady a little bit. I mean, he's the player of the year from last year. Going to be the player again of the year. Unstoppable. Guy's like 8 feet tall, 500 pounds. It's ridiculous how big he is. And he's got a touch. Heck of a player. But they went down. And from watching that game, I, I can't get on the Purdue bandwagon. I, I, I can't jump on that angle. Maybe that's the best thing for them. Maybe it is. Good luck to them. Maybe that's what's going to propel them over the top is me saying I can't bet them. Um, one other team I can't bet. I want to read a little bit of story here. Our buddy Rick Patino, former Boston Celtics head coach. Larry Bird isn't walking through that door. Kevin McHale ain't walking through that door. Man, that guy was so negative around here <laughs> as the Celtics head coach. He just he, he was frustrated because guys didn't want to play the same way that he wanted to coach them, like with his college background and experience. So he's now at St. John's. Do people know this? So St. John's used to be the cream of the crop, really, in the Big East back when I was growing up in like the 80s. Chris Mullen back then. Who the heck else was on that team? Uh, boy, there was some awesome St. John's players. I love rooting for St. John's. But since then, oh, man, they went downhill big time, bottomed out. And Rick Pitino's been through a bunch of problems, so he's looking for a place to go that, hey, maybe he can be a reclamation project for the school. Well, he lands in St. John's, and they're getting better. All right, this is his first year coaching, but they're having some struggles here now. I think they've lost something like seven out of eight, and he blew, they blew an 18-point first-half lead in a 68-62 home loss to Tri-State rival and fellow bubble team Seton Hall. That was on Sunday. So he didn't hold back in the post-game interview. He said, our lateral quickness and our toughness is just something I've never witnessed in all my years of coaching. We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. <laughs> and so, and he went on. He was more, more like scathing than that. Even he, he nailed, nailed guys in that post press conference. And I didn't hear him blaming himself at all. Which, in the end, you know, coach is definitely partly to blame. We've talked about this plenty of times. The impact that a coach can have on the players. I mean, just look at what I said with Ohio State. They were having a bad year. They fired their coach. New guy comes in, boom, they beat Purdue, the number two team in the country. Like, coaching messages get stale after a while if you say the same things over and over. Unless you can find a way to bond with them or to get them to understand, hey, I'm actually getting better because of this coach. That was Bill Belichick's I mean, master class for 20 years in New England. I don't think he inspired people with his personality necessarily. I think he showed guys, hey, you're going to get better if you listen to me. And then, lo and behold, it happened. And once guys believe that, then other guys want to get into that system and believe the same thing. So yesterday, the day after Patino goes off on his team in the post-game interview, yesterday he's getting back in front of the microphones. I was just pointing out exactly in a monotone voice why we lost, he told Newsday which is an interviewing place here, media company. I'm not always calm and certainly not when I rip someone. I was not ripping anybody. I sometimes want my players to hear my words and read my words. That was my intention on Sunday. So when he was saying this, hey, we can't guard anybody. Our lateral quickness is terrible. He's saying, well, I wanted the players to hear that. I wanted them to be critiqued and understand that you know, it's not acceptable. What's happening? Okay. I guess that's my reaction. Rick Pitino, 
He's been in the press enough. You already have your opinion of him one way or another. And where his team is losing like that, rip into him a little bit. Let's see how they respond. Let's see how St. John's responds in their next game. I'll stay tuned for that and report back to you, but my priority is tonight. UConn at Creighton. Let's go, Creighton. I don't want to reach through for the big dog. Let's take down Let's take down UConn there. Go get him, Creighton. Tomorrow we'll also preview the Bruins game. They're going to be playing at Edmonton tomorrow night. This is the Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. Love the listeners. Have a good day out there. NewHampshireTalkRadio.com.